Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampion, and my guest today is the principal of a high school in the state of Maryland, Ms. Katrina Lamont. Thank you for joining me. Oh, you are very welcome, James. Thank you for having me. First of all, how's everything going? Um, well, it is a very, very, very um, busy time right now. Um, we are, uh, well, you know, with the COVID um, pandemic pretty much shutting down the world and now, you know, all aspects of, you know, my life, professional and personal, beginning to open up a little bit more. So we're transitioning and really just, or I'm transitioning and really trying to figure out what's the best way um, for me to exist right now in this, um, in this era as we begin to open up a little bit more and the, you know, the threat of COVID is not as pronounced or prominent because of vaccinations and things of that sort. So just adjusting and transitioning almost a year later um, to when the world actually closed down because of COVID. So you, you guys <laughs> opened this week, right? Well, no. So there are a couple of um, pivot points and transitions for um, the school district that I work in. So essentially, we are um, and have been in a space of teleworking where certain um, staff members are allowed to be in the building. We still don't have any students. And as of today, we still don't have any teachers from, on a full-time basis. Um, but, you know, there are still um, members of the school district that work inside the building, and I'm one of them. Um, and then we will transition to, in a, in a few weeks, where um, all school-based staff will report regularly every day. And um, then eventually we'll transition again to receive um, different populations of children, um, I think in, in, mid, in the middle of April, early April, and then by the latter part of April, all students will have returned um, back on a hybrid schedule, not on a daily schedule. So on a hybrid schedule where we have a certain group of children based on um, their last names reporting two days a week or a certain cohort. And then um, the latter part of the week, the remaining students in the uh, latter half of the alphabet. How do you feel about going back so late? Cause it's kind of, I know in my mind, I'm thinking, is it even worth it? Well, there are, um, there are, so I support definitely the decision to return to hybrid learning. I certainly understand it from a leadership perspective. There are lots of things um, that have to take place in order for us to figure out, you know, how we maneuver um, into the next school year. So how we open up next school year. And so there just are lots of operationals, uh, procedural systems, types of things that, you know, school leadership needs to sort of take a look at, examine what we're going to do, you know, see if it works. Because keep in mind, no school district across the country has ever operated um, a public school system any other way or private, no, no school system has ever operated in the middle of a pandemic um, or even trying to come out of a pandemic. So while we 
we are looking at, you know, potentially two months worth of school before students um, go home on summer break. I think it'll be advantageous to begin to reestablish the routines that students are so used to, particularly for specific subgroups of children, um, you know, like special education, population of students, so on and so forth. So I think it's a good idea um, to reestablish routines and for us, even as adults, to get back into the routine um there is definitely probably people that are anxious and i'm i'm or have you know have some anxiety around returning um because it is the unknown and with everything there is a risk involved but um you know we just have to take one step at a time and it is the inevitable we are in the business of educating kids and so we gotta do it and sometimes it works it has worked for people who are uh, for kids who are home and some of them has not worked well for so you know I have my own child and um I have a 16 year old James I feel like I, that was around the age when I met you <laughs> um well or she, you were actually, a little younger I hate to I hate to be sad I hate to be the bad bad news but it was 10 more years prior to that <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I, as a mom, you know, I have to make a decision too, you know, whether or not I'm sending my daughter to school. So, you know, you, you're a dad, so you are, we probably kind of feel the same way in terms of our own children. I don't know that my daughter will be going back. I have not made the decision just yet. Um, and so, but there are just so many different factors. So, you know, it's just, ah, uh, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You really have to just do what is best for your family. And there is no um, shame in making a decision that's best for your family. What do you personally, are you comfortable with going back? I am. I am. I have to say, um, I've been back at work, shoot, since the summer. <laughs> I've been going in since the summer um, when it was safe to go back for, you know, certain populations of children. So I've been there and it has been, um, it's real lonely. You know, a, a schoolhouse is not supposed to be quiet and it's just very quiet. So, um, but I also have to let you know that I made the personal decision to get the vaccine. And so, and I made that decision based on a lot of, per again, I say it was a personal decision. It really had, um, it was part personal and part professional. So I see no way around it. You know, I have, um, I'm a single mom, um, solely responsible for, you know, my daughter. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to sound bashing. She has a dad and he loves her. And he takes care of her also, but she lives with me. And so, um, I have a, I have a, I have a 16 year old daughter. I have an 83 year old mother. Um, you know, that I love and I see and I, she, thank God she's able to take care of herself. But, you know, I certainly wouldn't want to um, um, contaminate or expose my mom or my daughter. And then um, given my career field, I interact with the public so much. So it's not just, you know, the kids at my school or the staff at my school, but, you know, it is the community. And so um, I really saw no way around it for me. And um, I love a good conspiracy theory 
uh, as as <laughs> as much as the next man, right? Like I could really get into that. That could keep me up at night reading Illuminati. Like I'm all for that, right? I like that. I love that conversation. But I had to um, really think about and listen and seek the advice of people that are in the, that I trust, that I know, that I care about, that are in the medical field. And all of the advice was to, you know, you hear the saying, follow the science. So I just made that decision to do that. So that makes me feel a lot better um, about returning, you know, for me. So yeah, I'm good with it. Because of your um, because of your profession, did that, did that bump you up in the line or? Well, we we were in um, one of the phases. I don't recall which one, just because I just I just don't I didn't connect myself to that when it opened up. <clears throat> when the possibility of getting the vaccine opened up for the the county that I live in, I simply went to the county's website and was able to sign up for my vaccine shot. So I didn't even connect myself with my school district and get the shot when they were allowed, which when it it was only for them, you know, but I didn't do that. I just went when it when it was available. I just signed up and I was lucky in order to get it. So yeah. Hmm. Didn't bump me up. I don't know. I can't I can't really say it bumped me up. I do know that the school district had um they had some specific days that they could go. I just didn't participate in it during that time. I was just lucky enough to get a vaccine appointment without having to necessarily associate myself with this school district. Hmm. And you mentioned your daughter because I want to back up a little bit. And you you have a daughter, you say she's 16. And yes. you being an educator yourself. What was it like being your, your, your own daughter's teacher? What was that what was that like? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um I I have not taught <clears throat> like content in years right um but i'm happy to say i'm still connected to teaching and learning because i see it all the time i observe it i coach it you know um so i'm never that far removed from it you know the the principalship is really about um, instructional leadership you know as well as culture and things like that so um this is interesting that you asked me that because i've never really 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 had to um, I've really never had to look over my daughter's shoulder. She was always, um, from a small child, she always enjoyed learning. She always was able to grasp concepts. Um, she always was responsible, did her work, was an honor roll student. Um, so she was really, really self-motivated, intrinsically motivated, and she could be left to her own devices to get the work done. When COVID-19 hit and she came home from school, um, she finished out, you know, last year, her sophomore year, and it was right in the middle of the third quarter of the school year. And she had a horrible third quarter. 
horrible, horrible, horrible. And that's when everybody was home. So I took for granted that, you know, she was okay with it and um, she could get through it. And she had already established that routine for the first, you know, forever, like forever. I can't even say forever. Like that just was her thing. School was her thing. So she had a, she had a horrible third quarter. And then um, she, you know, recovered fourth quarter. She finished the year um, successfully. Now this year, um, not even having gone to school, being in the 11th grade, taking at least three um, advanced placement courses, a couple honors courses, it took its toll on her. Um, and while I didn't necessarily have to help her with content, I did have to monitor her. So that was different. Like I did have to make sure she was up. She was dressed. You know, she had to have some kind of routine. I thought that that was um, important because she had lost it during the end of the year last year. So I thought it was important to establish a routine for her. So she was getting up. Like I told you, I was going to work in the summer. So, so when school started, I was still going to work, not every day, but I was still going in. So she was getting up and going with me. Um, and so she had a great first quarter. She had a, eh, she kind of fell off a little bit the second quarter. I noticed her routine. So I, I'm sharing that with you to say that it was different and it was, it was difficult because COVID-19, here you have this kid who, who usually is um, intrinsically motivated, does well in school, doesn't need explanation, can self-advocate. And here she's falling off, right? And although she's bright, she's articulate, she couldn't express to me, um, you know, mommy, this is how I feel. I miss my friends or mommy, you know, I miss the routine of school. Like she couldn't express those things to me to tell me she was sad, she was bored, she was frustrated. You know, she she felt isolated. She didn't, she didn't use that language, right? And so when hmm. she began to fall off, we had to kind of recoup. So I, I again, I share that to say that the impact of COVID-19 and the isolation that it brings on um, has affected everybody, right? No matter how big or how small. And even where students are concerned, even your brightest kids, right, who are, who are motivated could have fallen off and dropped off or be dealing with it in terms of the isolation. So it was not you know, necessarily devastating because, you know, luckily I was able to notice it and kind of talk her through it and I don't know, fuss a little bit, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm a, you know, what the heck, what, what's going on? What is wrong with you? You know, kind of thing. Um, but then having to take a step back and be like, well, wait a minute, this is how it's manifesting itself through her, right? This is how she's dealing with it. So yeah, it was it was interesting. Again, I didn't have the teacher. She don't really want my help, James. I have to remind her, girl, I'm a teacher, right? <laughs> um, but you know, she's 16. She thinks she knows everything. So um, yeah, I didn't really have to help her with content, but you know, um, motivating her. And then also being home, you know, going from my bedroom to my office or my bedroom to my dining room table, um, the work-life balance was all blurry, right? So I could be mm. working until six, cook dinner, take a nap, 
look at the TV show and get back and be working until 12 o'clock, right? So I just had no, no balance at all. So that's tough. And I'm still working on that. Wow. I'm going to ask you a career question because I knew you, we, like you said, we go back to, to how you were uh, one of the teachers. You didn't teach me personally, but we had a chance to work together closely because mm-hmm. of the program we was in. Mm-hmm. What was the transition like going from the classroom to being the principal? Um, that's a great question. Um, so when you were in high school and I was there, um, first of all, it was never, ever, ever, and I have this ever, my dream to become a principal, <laughs> right? Never. Um, I kind of fell into education, honestly. Like when I graduated from college, I was an English non-teaching major. So my career goal was to go into um, broadcast journalism. I wanted to, I wanted to be, you know, on TV. I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. And so um, I couldn't get a job in that. I couldn't crack it. My mother's like, girl, you better get out of here. Jazz, I need to get you a job. Um, and so um, one of my sorority sisters was like, well, you should apply to teach. I applied to teaching and, you know, I came to, I was at Sudland. Um, So anywho, after that, I had, you know, I, I enjoyed it and I was kind of out of the classroom a little bit doing some other like leadership kinds of things. So I, I think some people saw some leadership potential in me and that I was able to handle the kids at school. As you know, your, your high school wasn't the easiest now. Um, and so I was able to, <laughs> I was able to, you know, develop relationships. Ain't nobody get me, you know, like I was able to manage myself there. And so, um, I went into a transition from being a teacher to being a vice principal. And it was eye-opening because, not because of kids, but because of adults. And so I was able, when you teach, you in your own little room, you are the queen in your own castle. You don't, you don't see what everybody is doing next door. You don't get an opportunity to examine it. Not when I was teaching anyway, right? Um, if you could find you a good friend and like I had down at, you know, at at the school and you collaborate with them, that's a great thing. But when you become an administrator, you really get to see, you know, some of the fantastic, great creative things and people that really stand on their own and have wonderful relationships with children. But then you also get to see, you know, the part that nobody likes to talk about, right? And so um, just like with kids, sometimes you spend the majority of your time working with the teacher that needs more career building, more capacity building than being able to, you know, work with the one who doesn't. Um, But I have enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it. And I know um, there are times when you can get so boggled down with the politics of the of the seat of the chair that you have to take a break and you have to walk out, you know, for me. And I think probably any other um, principal that sits in this, that any other leader that sits in that seat will take a break, get up, go be in the hallway, go in the lunchroom, go sit in the class and observe children, go be around kids. And then you just kind of get refreshed because you can become so boggled down 
Um, sometimes with trying to fix what's wrong, you rarely get to see education in its purest, you know, most sincere um, through those eyes. And that's through the eyes of, of kids. So whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed, I go in the hallway, you know, I get to talk to kids about everything. I mean, they don't mind sharing anything. So <laughs> some stuff you don't even want to know. So, but it, but it, but it, it brings, it keeps me young and it, you know, grounds me. It makes me remember this is why I'm in it. At times, do you ever miss the classroom? I do. I do. Uh, I do. Especially, you know, I was an English teacher. So whenever I go and observe an English class, especially if I observe like a teacher that's teaching American literature, which is my favorite, uh, I'm like, I'm observing, but I'm like answering questions. I'm like talking. I'm like, oh, can I give another example? <laughs> so, um, and, and my teachers, like they laugh at me or like when I'm coaching or I'm giving uh, you know, after I've done a formal observation or informal observation, I have to give some feedback and I have to give some suggestions. You know, I always am kind of like, I'll give the suggestion, but I really want to know, Dag, is it good? You know, is, is he or she going to take it? So I'm excited about seeing it in action. You know, it makes me feel good if, you know, a teacher says, well, yeah, Miss Lamont, I tried that and, and it worked. And I'm like, yeah, see, you know, like, so yes. <laughs> I do. I do miss being in the classroom. I love that energy. Um, it's so simple. It's so simplistic compared to what I'm doing now. And like I said, it's easy to get lost. It just, it's just you and your kids. You know, we, <clears throat> excuse me, we came up together because it was, that was your, when you, our freshman year was your first year teaching, correct? It was, and y'all were like 10 years younger than me. So yes, I was a baby and y'all were babies. And, and my question is, you, you just said it, you were so young, but you have so much experience. How much more time do you plan on being, you know, working in the field? Because you, you're still, like I said, you're young, but you got a lot of time. So it's kind of weird. Yes, yes. So I have... Um, 24 is funny because I was just talking to uh, another colleague um, that was back at school um, when you were in school about retirement. And um, I have 24 years in education in my wow. current school district. And I have two and a half years outside of my school district. Um, and so, uh, and, and, and I don't mind sharing, you know, I'm 50 years old and, um, I, I think I can be in honestly some form of education and leadership until I am like the official retirement age is like 62, um, until that. Right. But the, Hustle and bustle and demand of a schoolhouse is something different. Um, and so I don't know, you know, how much longer I'm, I'll be able to sit in the seat. I love it. I love it. And, and it is most rewarding when I'm celebrating kids, right? So graduation, honor roll, um, you know, seeing kids, I'm doing their 
talented thing, whatever that talented thing is, if it is playing the piano, if it is singing, if it is the band, if it is orchestra, if it is football, whatever it is, you know, having that opportunity to see kids outside of that academic piece, but excelling in everything else that makes them part of who they are. I love that, right? I'm the biggest cheerleader. I love it. Um, but it is, my job is very demanding, very demanding. And, um, you know, the life of a, of a principal is not like, you know, it's not long. It's not long. Like, you know, people say, give it a good seven years, five to seven years. And then you probably had, will be burnt, you know, burnt out. So this really? is my, yeah. Oh yeah. Just oh, seven? Yeah. No, this wow. is in my How many years you year. This is my This is my 5th year. I'm going into I am in my 5th year because um the class of 2020 were freshmen when I got my first principalship. So that was I graduated a class every year but graduating 2020 was would have been um so emotional for me because we were they were freshmen and I was they were a first year high school student I was a first year principal so um yeah they they like those are truly like truly 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 my babies in the principalship you know like I all I have a love for um all kids that I was able to connect with but um um, yeah, so so this is so I am in my I am in year five, and I also did a residency. Um, so I actually have, you know, if you want to count that year, um, I do have I have six years of experience. Although that my residency wasn't was me being mentored. There was a period of time where I was in the school by myself, but the first half of the year, um, the principal of that school kind of mentored me. The second half of the year. Um, I was, I was there by myself kind of practicing what she taught me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's something. So do you, this is year six. This is year six. Do you, you, you feel like you'll be okay to make it past that seven year mark or? I think so. Like, you know, um, <clears throat> so year six, whoever would have thought, you know, I would be running to school from my house. Um, nobody, nobody ever could <laughs> imagine that, right? Um, year seven, I mean, like that's that's gonna go down in history books, right? Year seven, I'm yeah. gonna bring it on back home. We're gonna open up school. It's you know, we're going to keep, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know, I have no insight, you know, knowledge. You know, I'm just thinking there's some things that this pandemic taught us about, you know, the way we educate children that are um we're going to have to keep some stuff we're going to have to throw out, right? The baby with the bath water. And then some of it, we're going to have to keep, we got to change the way we've been doing things in education. And so we've always known that and we've tried different things, but this was something totally different. So I'm excited about getting through this year. I'm excited about opening up next year. Um, It will be my daughter's last year in, in high school herself. So I'm excited to see, you know, where she goes and, you know, what opportunities are, um, are ahead for me. I'm humbled. Um, I'm humbled because, I mean, you know, I'm just your average girl from Southeast D.C., right? 
Um, my mother and my my mother has a high school diploma. My dad, um, may he rest in peace. Um, he he. As a matter of fact, James, today is the day that he died in 1999, right? So my dad, um, my mother is a, was a cafeteria worker in DC public schools. She went from being, um, she was a cosmetologist by trade. Then she got married, had children, and I guess needed, you know, something a little more stable. So she went into the school system. She was a cafeteria manager. My dad, um, both of my parents are native Washingtonians. My dad was a custodian at Anacostia High School. My dad did not graduate from high school. Um, and so here they have me, right? And I'm not an only child, um, but I'm my, my parents together, first child. And um, okay. here I am, a high school principal. I have a, um, you know, I have a, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree um, that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of. Um, what I have been able to accomplish by the grace of God and the support of family and friends and just some great colleagues that I've met along the way. So I'm just your average, like, really, like, you know, catch me any day in my car. I'm listening to Biggie. I'm listening to Nipsey. I'm, you know, I like probably some of the stuff you like, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. I, to be doing this, I am humbled um, that somebody gave me the opportunity and that people trust me to make decisions that are in the best interest of their children and that, you know, my staff trust me. And that's not to say that, you know, I'm everybody's favorite because I'm not. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm doing OK, I hope. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Look, I want to thank you for doing this. Um, it's truly it's so fun to talk to you because, you know, coming from where we come from, we, we started pretty much. I was one of the first to start a career. Now we yes. both grown that family so it's really been fun to have this conversation and to see where life is taking and I really congratulate you and I'm happy to see everything you've accomplished well listen let me say, I, I'm supposed to say that to you right like I'm supposed to tell you <laughs> how proud I am of you and just to to uh, bask in everything that you're doing grown married father husband successful like wow I knew you win and you've always been such a top-notch you were back then uh, such a, a top-notch kid and now here you are that same those same characteristics you know have brought you full circle so it is fantastic to talk to you good to see you and I just wish you all the luck in the world. Look, I really do. I want to thank you for doing this. And I wish you all the best moving forward with this school year and the next year and everything after that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Definitely. I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. And my Facebook is also conversations with lamp. And you can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.